Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. You know, as we're standing in his presence this morning, I, and you're all giving, thank you so much for giving, having an open heart, all of us together, whether you gave five bucks or 500 or 5,000. Hopefully somebody did. I just felt the Holy Spirit say you've got a moment to ask. Now, the Bible says that when we sow, we reap. You know, you would think that a farmer would be quite stupid if he sowed and never expect a harvest, wouldn't you? So I want you to close your eyes. And you sowed this morning. You sowed into his kingdom. And I think, felt right at this moment, he wants you to tell him what harvest you'd like. This isn't a smash and grab. It's just this moment in your heart, what harvest would you like to see in your life? Financial, spiritual, for your marriage, for your children, for your future, for the call, for your parents, I don't know, whatever it is, just speak it out to God. God wants to hear from you what harvest you'd like. Father of all the harvest. What a privilege to sow into your kingdom. But as you, as we stand before you collectively, you see all the prayers coming from our hearts. The harvest that we want to see, God. And some of it's selfish. That's okay. We give it to you. We commit it to you, Father. I ask, Father, I ask that this year, our prayers, our harvest, we would see the beginning of the harvest. We would see the beginning of the shoots. And we will continue to pray into it. In Jesus' name, and we all said, Amen. Thanks, church. Sit down. Gee, you're a great church. Turn to the person next to you and say, You're so generous. Good. All right. Let's rock and roll, Roz. All right, welcome all you onliners. Great to have you with us. I'm going to take you right now back to 1980. Here we are, Mark and I, Mark and I at our graduation. Oh, what the decades do to you. Uh, the lady between Mark and myself is Debbie Askew. She was a gymnast, and as someone who's never been able to do the splits, I really admire gymnasts. Um, she was very secure in her own skin, great smile, very friendly, was a Christian and very, what I would call, socially attractive. Some people are very socially attractive and she was. One of our friends, while we were at college, was killed in a car accident and I remember at the funeral I was sitting up the back completely enveloped in grief and as she walked down the aisle she had a face full of hope. And at the end of the funeral, I went up to her and I said, Debbie, why, why do you look like that? Why aren't you devastated? And she said these words to me. She said, I know that I will see my friend again. And for a 19-year-old who was searching through the questions of eternity, what will happen when I die, um, scared of death, been in, been in a really bad car accident myself, those words had a huge impact on me. Um, the same questions that everybody, people still ask today, and whether you like it or not, 
you are also a Debbie Askew walking through the aisles of life and people are watching you to see whether you carry hope. Debbie never preached a sermon to me. She didn't quote scriptures. She didn't even invite me to, to her church. She was a Christian who lived amongst us, loved us, confident and always ready to give an answer when needed. You and I can do that. Because I've got to tell you, there's plenty of Ros and Mark Zares still out there with lots of questions. Today, Dan and I are going to do a tag team to encourage you around your personal go, your personal mission. So don't tune off. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said this. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. The world might have changed, the church might have changed, but the mission hasn't changed. Um, he gives us a mission that burns in his heart. It's still the church's core business, and I believe we can do this mission as we live out our lives, as we raise our families, as we work, as we go into our workplaces and schools, as we talk to our neighbours. He wants us all to be mobilised. The world has changed a lot since 1980, as you can tell by the fashion. Praise God we don't have perms anymore. Today, churches in the Western society are dealing with a culture that is increasingly hostile to our faith. Our society isn't non-Christian. It's post-Christian. Western culture has been based on judo-Christian ethics, but it is now throwing that out and making its own way with no absolute truth or any religious infrastructure. The culture, this culture has led to our current condition in which all values are relative, all relationships are transactional, all identities are fragile, and all supposed sources of fulfillment are disappointing. This is a snapshot of our present culture. And these are things people will be grappling with. However, I believe this is all part of God's plan. I believe that when we have pressure from a hostile culture, what does God do with the church? He renews his church. And guess what? He doesn't want a church of the 1970s, the 1980s, the 1990s, the 2000s. He's doing something new in his church. He has got a remnant. We are a smaller bunch, but with this remnant, he's doing something new. And I believe he is mobilizing his church. He's equipping his church. It's not just the platform people. It's all of us. It's all of us making disciples. And as a church, we are positioned, I think, very well for the next move of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Good. Um, Christ still has the answer. It's Christ who gives us a meaning in life that suffering cannot take away. In fact, when you're a Christian, suffering actually produces more depth. It makes sense of suffering. It's Christ that gives us a satisfaction that isn't based on circumstances. It's Christ that doesn't reduce community and relationships to thin transactions. It's Christ who gives us an identity that isn't fragile or based on our performance or the exclusion of others. And it's Christ who gives us a way to deal with guilt and forgive ourselves. And it's Christ who gives us a sense of justice and a way to face not only the future, but death itself with poise and peace. Just ask Debbie Eskew. Today we're speaking from the scripture, Acts 3. Peter and John, the two disciples, they were going up to the temple to pray and they came upon a lame man who was asking for money. It says this in verse 5. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Remember those words, that phrase. 
So the layman gave Peter his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Who wants to see that in the future? Amen. So circle these two phrases, even though you haven't got any pens or Bibles. Look at us and took him by the right hand. That's what I want to share briefly with you today. Start with took him by the right hand. Peter's physical reach out to the crippled man demonstrate that Peter had no cultural barriers inside him. Most of us still have cultural barriers inside us. I know I still do. He had no barriers of prejudice, labels. Hey, I'm able-bodied, but you're disabled. I'm better than you. Why are you crippled? Perhaps it's your own doing. He crashes through these walls when he reaches out his physical hand. But he knew how to crash through cultural barriers. Do you know why? Because he'd been with Christ for three years and he'd seen Jesus break through cultural, social, religious and gender barriers. He remembered when the prostitute had washed Jesus' feet. He remembered when Jesus had touched the leper. He remembered when Jesus had spoken to, to the na mental, naked, mentally ill, crazy man filled with demons that no one else would come near. And he remembered when Jesus had spoken to the woman at the well. Christ wants his church, I believe, as we go into our future, for us all to dismantle our cultural barriers. The world is becoming more polarised. I'm sure you would agree. Social media is keeping us only talking to those who are like us. Our worlds have got smaller. But that is not a kingdom culture. The world is polarised out there, but Christ wants his church to be non-polarised, to reach to all different people and to be uncomfortable. I spoke to a lady the other day. She said I could tell this story. She's over 80 years old. She's a Christian and her child is gay. She said to me, Roz, I went to a gay bar with my son. It's not every day you hear that from a person that's over 80, let me tell you. I said, how was it? Second answer was even more surprising than the first. She said, I liked it. She said they were friendly. They were dressed well with no torn jeans. She obviously got an issue with torn jeans. And she said, I like their music. I could sing all their songs. That's why I go for the why. Yeah, we know that. I was really proud of her. But it took me a while to digest the story. Why? And if you're sitting here and you're judging her and it's taking you a while to digest the story, why? Because I still had a cultural barrier inside me. There are three lenses that create a wall in us. Judgment, anger or fear. So we, if we have those swirling around us, in us, we still have work to do. These are three mindsets that form an invisible barrier, barrier in us that will stop or contaminate our go. Our ability, listen, your ability and my ability to make disciples. Judgment. 
I want you to work hard on digging this one out of your life. It's wise to live with discernment and boundaries. You need discernment and boundaries. But judging others is not your portfolio as a human being. Judgment belongs to God. Jesus gives us this warning, Matthew 7, listen to this. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Anger, anger towards others or people groups, we have a problem. And listen, I'm, I'm preaching to me. <laughs> In fact, if you have anger, you have an unprocessed wound and you need to get therapy. Who loves therapy? I love therapy. I still get angry. Things come up on the news or I, well, I get angry. I process myself. We can be angry with the ideology. Yes, be angry with the ideology and with the sin, but not the sinner. What does Romans 5.8 says? But God demonstrates his love for us is this, in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ judge us, judged us. He was angry with us. He loved us. Christ died for the people or the people groups that I get angry with. Fear. There is a temptation to close the door, stay in my safe, comfortable haven and never venture out. This is the goal of my life. <laughs> Can be the goal of some Christian's life. You are right. Is this world safe? No. This world's not safe. It never will be. But you are safe. In this unsafe world, you are safe because Christ holds you in the palm of his hand. You have to ask yourself this question. Do I want to close off and live in an illusion of safety? Or do I want to be deeply formed into a person of love? You can't do both. You were never made to live by fear. You are made to live by faith. The second phrase says this. I want to, uh, says this. Peter says, look at us. In other words, Peter's saying, we don't have much. I don't have much. What can I do? And some of you might think this. You might think, look at me. What have I got? I'm not a preacher. I'm not an evangelist. I haven't got many gifts. Everything I have seems inadequate. Let me tell you this. You have Christ in you. And you do have a gift. You have a gift. What is it? Get it out. Don't bury it. Last story. My mum is 88. Don't ever tell her that she's obsolete. Or that when you're 88, God doesn't use you or you don't have a ministry. Or you're not needed. She holds no title at church or in the community, but in her over 55 village, she's a mover and a shaker. She's actually a pastor. She just hasn't got the title. The village is her harvest field. She says to me, Roz, they're my harvest field. There is so much need. There is so much loneliness out there. She knows her gift. She can smile. She is friendly. She talks to anybody and she can bake. So she invites randoms in all the time. She bakes, she makes them a cup of tea, she listens and she puts value on them. 
Last year she lost her licence and now she has to get a lift to church. Occasionally the lift falls through. She loves church. She saw on the notice board that the school next door to her had church and they had a service at 12pm, an English-speaking service. So she gets on her walker. She knows no one. And at 88, you'd think, you know, Mum, you've done enough. <laughs> you earn a break. Take a Sunday morning off. You've earned comfort. But my mother doesn't know the meaning of being socially comfortable. So she gets on a walker, walks through the village, through the school. I ring her the next day. I said, how'd you go? She said, well, I, was, I was the only Caucasian senior there. And you've got to be over 80 to even use that word, Caucasian. <laughs> she said, they're all from Hong Kong. They're all young people. I said, how was it? She nearly gave me the same answer that the other lady did about the gay bar, actually. <laughs> she said it was friendly. And she said, I love the music. She said, actually, it was a bit warmer than my other church. <laughs> which she says is a bit stoic. She said, they sat with me and um, they made me welcome. They talked to me with a cup of tea. So I want to finish with this. Church, we can do it. Whether you're a gymnast, whether you have a gay child, whether you have a walker, the word is be uncomfortable. You go into places and you feel uncomfortable, that's okay. Whenever that happens, it's an opportunity to stretch. Be all right with the uncomfortableness. We can do it. Thanks, Dan. Oh, Ros, yeah. How good was that? Wow. Can we all admit, though, sometimes being a Jesus follower... Is pretty nerve-wracking and is pretty uncomfortable. You know, sometimes you get the question, how was your weekend? What did you get up to? I was at church. What was that? Where were you? I was at church. You were at Dirch? Um, no, I was at Lurch. You had to Lurch? <laughs> no, I was at church. Now leave me alone. <laughs> I have done that before. I have mumbled my way through opportunities. And can I just be honest with you? It is a scary business being a Jesus follower. And there is that uncomfortability that will naturally, naturally happen to you. So, today I really want to encourage you to turn your dormant energy of Christianity, releasing it into an active energy. And that's why today we're looking at this passage in Acts 3, the healing at the beautiful gate. You know, Peter and John were going to the temple for their 3 p.m. prayer. These guys were just going about their normal business. They would do this very regularly, go to the temple at this exact time, 3 p.m. Not sure why, but this was something they were doing very regularly. And so the first point I want to raise this morning is this. Seeking God's business in your day-to-day -day business. Whatever your day-to-day -day looks like, there needs to be a seeking of God after his business. Monday nights, I play touch football over behind the, uh, the Newcastle Knights Stadium over there with 
Jay Bolto, Ryan Tidy. We've got a pretty good team. We're kind of a big deal in Newcastle, actually. You know, kind of a big deal. So if anyone wants some touch football consultation, you know, get in contact with me. Um, but as I was leaving after a match, I was walking next to one of my mates who was in our team. And we got into the car park and I just said to him, how are you? You going good? He said, no, actually. I'm having a lot of issues with my gut. Some digestive problems. I've been to the doctor. They're not sure what's wrong. And I just all of a sudden felt this nudge of the Holy Spirit. I pray for him. It was this tiny little nudge. So I just straight then and there just said, I'm going to pray for you. You mind if I pray for you right now? So like, yeah, that'd be good actually. So here I was after our touch football game, sweaty, smelly, all the testosterone just raging inside after losing our match. But I got to pray for my mate. Sure enough, I get the report the next week. How's your, I said to him, how's your gut going? How is, it, how is everything? He said, it's actually improving. After you prayed, something happened. I don't know what, but something has happened. And so he's going to get some more tests just to check. But I was so focused on him getting better that it was almost like my nerves disappeared in that moment. And so sometimes you have to be in someone's world during their pain. Because during their pain is when they're going to most need a saviour. It's when they're going to most be open to hearing about the message of God. When they're going to most be open to hearing the gospel and receiving prayer. So if someone is in your world that is in pain, be in it. Do the journey with them. Walk alongside them. Don't miss the package because of the packaging. So that's why I love our Men of House volunteers. As our cars line up here on a Thursday afternoon, there's people from all different walks of life in Newcastle coming to collect their hamper. And our Manor House team, we give them their hamper, we bless them, we ask them how they're going, and we forget about the packaging that's going on. And we give them the package and we bless them. And I love that we do that. Our scripture teachers, our scripture teachers head out into our schools and they deliver this message of hope to our kids. They bring life into that classroom. I love it. They bring Christ as the package into those classrooms, into those kids' lives. Number two, or back to our story actually. In Acts verse 2, it tells us that Peter and John were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth. Captured. Who is God drawing your attention to? Pray for them intentionally connect which leads me to the second point reach out happens through acting on good intentions peter and john could have passed by the crippled man that day they could have walked straight past him but they were captured and they acted on what their attention was drawn to so can i encourage you this morning act on your intentions Because procrastination is the certain assassin of good intentions. Procrastination, I've learned, even for me as a teacher, when I procrastinate, things just build up. It just is, all I'm doing is putting it off for another day. And so one piece of advice, this when I was a new teacher, this other senior teacher said to me, 
He said, the small things, get them done then and there. Because otherwise the small things will snowball into big things. And when you've got busy days, when you've got your reports, when you've got all your programs you've got to submit, it's going to really weigh you down. Get the small things done. But anyway, it was a really good piece of advice to me. for me. I've carried through my teaching career. Don't procrastinate the small things. And can I tell you today, don't procrastinate on your good intentions, just like Peter and John didn't. <clears throat> Only those who act upon their intentions create the opportunity. Verse 6 in that Acts 3 story says, Peter's response to the crippled man was, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. The power of Jesus is the greatest gift, isn't it, church? And so the story then tells us that Peter held out his hand to the crippled man. And as he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. And so my last point is this. Your hand and God's mighty hand working together. Peter's hand and act empowered the act of the Holy Spirit that day. It was Peter's act to pull that man up that allowed that surge of the Holy Spirit to create that healing. And so hear me when I say this. Your hand to pull up is also God's hand to bring transformation. Your act on that intention is God's opportunity to also heal. It's God's moment to also go, hey... I can cover you in this situation. So that's why I love our backyard. One of the programs we run here and through our Mac Care. We give them hope through that hand up into a house. We do our casework with them and we say, hey, we want to work with you. We want to get you into a home. We are for you. We care about you. We care about your whole world and sphere that we want to get you into a house. And so we give them this hand up and empower them to equip them for their future. Our chaplains. Our chaplains represent Christ in their community. When they go into that space, they're helping, they're giving their hand out. They're representing Jesus. They're looking for opportunities to spread his love. You know, what the fruit of that healing was that day at the beautiful gate was this. People were so drawn and blown away from this miracle and this crippled man that they've now seen walk, that they started to gather around Peter and John. And then Peter goes on to share about, share the gospel, share out the story of Jesus. And it tells us that many more that day became believers and went on to become followers of the way. So please, church, don't underestimate your hand up to someone. Never underestimate it. So as I finish, I'll love the band to come up. The photo you can see on the screen was of our Alpha team and our Alpha course, all the people that came to our Alpha course last year. Gee, we had a great bunch. We had such a great bunch of people. And the guy on the right is Pete Murphy. You can see he comes to our church. He was even on the door this morning. Pete, what a legend. But Peter's life was changed at our Alpha course last year. Prior to this, for a number of years, he'd been on and off 
trying to decide whether church and trying to decide whether faith and his hope in Jesus was the right thing for him or not. He'd been struggling with some substance abuse and some relational breakdowns. But he decided to come to Alpha. And I'm so proud to call Pete my mate now. But he came to Alpha and he opened up his heart for Jesus to do a work in his life. And now Pete, my mate, he's brought lovely Shane, his sister. (laughs) And Shane is an amazing lady too. She's incredible. She's opened up her heart to Jesus as well and to be part of our church. I love these guys. And I can't wait to hear more stories like theirs in our church this year. So sometimes I hear this question. Why do we need to preach the gospel? Should we concentrate on meeting just people's socioeconomic needs first, Dan? Yeah, socioeconomic needs are important. But it's the power of the gospel that brings dignity. It is the power of the gospel that brings value. And as Pete was doing Alpha last year, you could see his worth and value just start to increase for himself. He saw him start to walk in this deeper respect that he had for the gospel and for Jesus and even for himself. And it was that value. Because the gospel, it adds that value not just in eternity, but here and now. So we have to do both. There is the sharing of the gospel and there's also the meeting of people's needs. And as a church, we want to do both. We want to meet people's social, socioeconomic needs, but also their spiritual needs. And so as we come to a close today, what we're going to do is this. We're going to get all our Macquarie Reach Out teams, all the people who volunteer and help at Mena House, our backyard, uh, our scripture teachers, our chaplains, our Red Frogs people. We're doing this in our 10 a.m. as well. So we know that only some of them will be here this morning. You won't get to see all their incredible faces. But these guys, they reach out. And so what we want to do, we want to commission them to represent our church. We want to show that we believe in them and that they are carrying hope with them. So right now, if we can get them to come up onto the stage, we're going to pray over you. So that's our manor house volunteers, our backyard volunteers, our chaplains, our SRE teachers, our Red Frogs, our community play group, our MacCare volunteers, our missions team. And even I want to say this, if you were doing something in our community that actually is a reach out, that isn't part of our church, maybe you're a chaplain somewhere else. Maybe you are doing something um, in our community and you think, no, I am taking the kingdom into my community. If that is you, we want you to come out too because we're going to pray over these guys. And as a church, we really want to um, commission you for the work ahead this year. We're going to get Phil and Roz to pray. So Phil, if you would like to pray first. We can do that. What a good bunch of good-looking people. And I am so keen to pray for them. But I also... Ah, truth, God, stop it. Um, We are all called together. We all have 
um, the prompting of God to reach into someone's heart and share good news and to share love. Now, these guys have a specific purpose, a specific calling, and we absolutely honour that. Great guys. But, um, and the onliners, I want to pray for you as well. Great, Phil. Um, yeah, let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you for the privilege of sharing your word, of reaching out into your world. Lord, you have gifted us with specific abilities and you have slotted us into specific tasks that we are well suited for. But Lord, unless you are there, we've got nothing. Unless we uh, just hear your word and reach out to you and depend on you and rely on you, Lord, we'll fall on our faces. But Lord, if you will be with us, if we will reach out, Lord, then we can do amazing things and see your spirit work through us. So Lord, for all these people gathered here and for the church and the onliners and everyone, but we ask that you would lead, that you would guide, that we would submit to you and that amazing things would happen through your Holy Spirit. Lord, we just commit ourselves each to you, daily looking for what it is that you want us to do. Lord, let us hear your voice. Let us be brave. Let us be active. Uh, let us speak out. Tell us when to speak, when not to speak, what to speak, how to speak it, uh, what to do. But Lord, just touch each of these hearts. We commission particularly these guys up on stage that you would anoint them in the service that they are offering and that your kingdom would be expanded, that your will would be done, that you would be glorified. We praise you, Lord God. Amen. Father, I just pray that they will, I thank you for their go inside them. Father, I pray that they would overcome any fear. Father, I thank you that you call this group not to live by fear, but to live by faith. Father, give them wisdom, give them courage, give them sensitivity. I pray that when they hear that nudge, it will be such a big nudge. And Father, I thank you that there's many lame men, there's many crippled, there's many Mark and Rosas out there. So Father... I just pray you lead them to those. And Father, I pray there'll be so many stories of life and hope in our world. So protect them, Father. Give them favour. Spirit of God, rise up within them and we send them out. We send them out into the harvest field in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. You guys can head back, head on down. How amazing. How amazing that we have a church that covers some ground. We love, we love these teams. Thank you. As we come to our, the end of our service now, we do have at the, in our cafe this morning, there is going to be an expression of interest table. And there is a form there. If you would are interested in joining one of our reach out teams or finding out a little bit of extra information, even about our upcoming mission trips this year, you can fill out your details, tick the box, and then give it to one of the guys. There's a basket there. You can just put it straight into. We, we don't have all the answers. So if you've got a thousand questions, sorry, we won't be able to answer all those questions, but we'll be able to get in contact with you over the next couple of weeks, and then you can ask all your fantastic questions. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.